Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you for another great episode where we help entrepreneurs like you win at the game of business and marketing. As the name of our show says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one of four categories. They can be entrepreneurs, small business owners, or local business owners. They can be marketing and business coaches. They can be folks who help others build their businesses. This includes web designers, graphic designers, virtual assistants, online business managers, which are some of the groups we're going to discuss today. You can have your social media strategists, your media and PR strategists, anybody who helps others win at the game of business and marketing. And of course, the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and love to have your own hands on the levers. You know who you are. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. We're also on iTunes. Our iTunes feed is updated every week when we release a new episode. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show and subscribe. Every five-star rating helps us spread the message and help more business creators just like you. Now today, I'm especially excited to have a return guest. Our guest today is Denise Griffiths, who you may be familiar with from previous episodes of the Business Creators Radio Show. And Denise is a lifelong and committed introvert just like me. I just wanted to say that first. Uh, That's what makes Denise very interesting and demonstrates the power of online marketing, whether you're in a local market or whether you're in a global market. The good news is is they say that us introverts are taking over the world, and Denise is proof that that is in fact the case. Denise is your partner in success, a virtual assistance industry expert, online business manager, web developer, and radio host. She's also a serial online entrepreneur who believes that any person with the knowledge, skills, ideas, drive, and the ability to mobilize resources can create a high-impact business. Denise is the founder and CEO of Your Virtual Assistant and a recognized virtual assistance industry expert, as well as the founder and CEO of Your Office on the Web, which is a website design and development company. You can tune in every week to Denise's internationally popular radio show, Your Partner in Success. Denise, welcome back. Thank you, Adam. I'm tired listening to you. I didn't know I did all of those things. I hope I do them well. Well, uh, we're going to do everything we can to give you the best opportunity to salvage things, so don't you worry. We have a whole hour to take care of this. Well, actually, at this point, we have 57 minutes, so you better start talking a little bit faster. Now, one of the reasons we had you back is one of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs nowadays struggle to grow their businesses, and I can verify this because I see this discussed so often in online discussion groups, is because they're wearing too many hats. They're attempting to do everything in their business, whether they know how to or not, and it's not only wearing them out, but it's probably damaging their brand. And a corollary challenge is they seem to not really understand the most effective way to work with virtual assistants and online business managers. If I had a dollar for every time I heard the phrase, I'm just looking for somebody who's really good at X, who do you know? I could just go online all day posting that same question, get paid for it, and I wouldn't have to do anything other than that. It's something that's on everybody's mind. 
So today, we're so happy to have you here, Denise, so you can help us understand exactly what a virtual assistant is, because that's a very broad term, even though we think we know the answer. The various levels of virtual mm -hmm. assistants, another very important thing that I think a lot of people miss, which is why they're having all these problems. The difference between a virtual assistant and what's known as an online business manager, and how to prepare yourself to work effectively with a virtual assistant or team. Yeah. Are you ready? I am ready. And listen, before <laughs> I'm ready. Listen, and before we get started, you said something at the top of the show while you were introducing me that I think is so important. I know a lot of people think that it is critical that you have YouTube videos out there that you're pasting your picture all over the place. Mm -hmm. I'm living proof that you don't have to do that. You are not going to find a picture of me on the Internet. I'm an intensely private person, and I'm also a cameraphobe. I hate having my picture taken to the point where I have dropped iPhones and glasses of iced tea. I will not have my picture taken. It's that simple. Wow. And I have, oh, yeah, I have created a very successful online persona using my voice, radio, using my social proof, social media, and it works. So being an introvert is not necessarily a barrier Excuse me, to becoming very successful in an online world. I'm a total introvert. I'm about half an inch away from being a hermit. I freely admit it. <laughs> but, and, you know, that could, that could change. I mean, the minute Amazon starts bringing fresh crawfish and fresh lettuce to my house, I'm done. I'm selling my car. Right. But the, the thing is, you you don't have to be an extrovert or an introvert to really resonate on the Internet. Whatever your, your given industry is, whether you're a service provider or whether you're, you know, a banker or an insurance person, people may want to see your picture if you're in those industries, but I'm here to tell you, you can do very, very well if you just share enough actionable tips and advice and resources and become, you know, a kind of a thought leader in your industry. People don't care what you look like. They care what's in it for them. That's all there is to it. You know, that's kind of funny because I myself, I'm not exactly a camera phobe, but I don't allow photographs of myself to be taken unless I know about it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to become my enemy for life, sneak and take a picture of me from the side and then post it. Or <laughs> post something when I ask you not to, or pressure me when I say, no, I'd rather not. Right. I, I mean, I, I, could, I could tell stories about this. Now, before we dive into our content here, I just have to explore this a little bit further. You really told you really dropped somebody's iPhone and iced tea? Mm-hmm. Wow. My former mother-in-law, my kitchen, my iced tea. Well, in that case, I mean, your kitchen and your iced tea, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let me, what, what, she was pointing the thing at you and tried to insist? This was... A she had been asked repeatedly, please don't take pictures of Denise by both me and my former husband. And she just thought it was cute to sneak pictures of me. And I didn't think it was cute. I thought it was intrusive. I thought it was rude. And frankly, it ticked me off. And finally, I just said, I'm not going to ask you again. Right. Excuse me. I'm, I'm really raspy today. So, And I warned her. I said, I'm going to tell you politely one more time that I don't like that, I don't appreciate it, and I'm going to ask you not to do it again. And darned if I didn't turn my back, turn around and caught her out of my peripheral vision. I didn't say another word. I just simply walked over, picked up the phone, and dumped it in the pitcher of sweet tea. It's a wow. southern way of doing things. All she I didn't take is... any more pictures of me after that, <laughs> I can well, say. Well, she couldn't take any pictures of you after that until she replaced the phone or got another camera. No. 
No, and we did replace the phone. I have to say it was an expensive lesson for all of us, but I'd had enough. You're in my home. I've asked you not to. Don't do it. You know, this is very sound advice, and if we were to do an episode on social media etiquette, there are a lot of things you just said that could be translated into basic social media etiquette. For instance, don't post pictures of people that they would rather not have posted. Don't tag people like crazy without knowing for sure that that's okay with them. Now, I mean, if you're at an event and everybody, you know, we're all friends and we're all sharing our success and we're all tagging each other and we all think it's a a dandy good time, that's perfectly fine. But I sometimes find myself tagged in things that I'm thinking this is not exactly what I want on my wall, which is Mm -hmm. being seen by all my clients that I have right now and my next hundred clients I'm about to have. Uh, another another thing is when somebody requests you don't do something in their space is you don't do it. For instance, when you when people post certain things on your wall and you ask them not to do it and they do it anyway, uh, or they are in your discussion group and they post things that are, uh, shall we say, a violation of whatever rules are in the discussion group. I teach a master class on discussion group game, and this is a really big issue when it comes to that. It's not a matter of, well, just delete it if you don't like it. I mean, you're crossing mm-hmm. boundaries here. If you want to be social and you want to be a friend and you want to be somebody who somebody wants to have in their space and vice versa, these are things you have to remember. Now, before we get into this whole virtual assistance thing, which is of huge interest to me and I know a lot of our listeners, just one final question. Uh, what's the current bounty? Because I know people are actually, out there are actually <laughs> offering money for a picture of you. I know. Um, I heard it was at $4.98. I heard $5 even. So we Woo-hoo. might yeah, so there may So the price might have just gone up. Now, I, I have to let our listeners know that I do have a picture of Denise's eyes. And if you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and you pull up Denise's guest expert bio, you will see the picture of her eyes. That's it. That's all you're ever going to get. And that's not even something you see very often. We had to do a little bit of digging even even to find Denise's eyes. So we already <laughs> here at the Business Creators Radio Show are on the are on the cutting edge of the curve. You definitely want to come back and check out these episodes. You're also going to want to listen to Denise's uh, previous appearances here. This is our third one, uh, going virtual, how to find the best virtual assistant to partner with. And then we had building an internet radio show, the ultimate introvert marketing strategy. I believe building an internet radio show is an introvert marketing strategy. I also Mm -hmm. believe that public speaking is a great introvert marketing strategy. Now, people may think, what, getting up in front of a bunch of people? How is that an introvert's marketing strategy? Let's remember something about introverts. We're not shy. We're not shy. (laughs) We said it at the same time. We're not shy. Yeah, we're not shy. We're not hermits. We're not antisocial. In fact, some of us are touchy-feely and love to hug. But the fact is that we get, we gain and drain our energy in different ways depending on our interactions with other people as opposed to how those folks who are considered to be extroverted gain and expend energy through interactions with other people. Um, I have a good friend of mine who is a musician who gets up on stage a number of times a year and will have anywhere from 300 to 3,000 people in front of them, and he gets a charge like you would not believe. He feels 30 years younger. He feels on top of the world. He feels an energy that just cannot be explained from being up on stage and looking down at the adoring fans. And he's about as introverted as they come. The challenge for him is 
when he does the meet and greets afterwards, uh, let's just say he holds very strictly to the time limits. He's happy to meet his fans. He loves hanging out with them and things like that. But when it's time to go, the bodyguards surround him and walk him out. Oh, I get that. And I'm, I and discovered I'm, a long yeah. I discovered okay a long time that. ago. Yeah, and I'm huh? okay that, and I'm okay sharing that because I'm kind of the I'm kind of the same <laughs> way. I I speak at events and I look out to the audience and I and I just love seeing that and and, uh, and there's video of me that's going to emerge soon of me speaking in front of an audience and you'll see I'm very interactive. I like to get the audience actively involved. I call on people, I let them share their brilliance as well during my presentations, it's all well and good, but usually after I do that, I need about an hour or two to recuperate. I've also found that when mm-hmm. I go to events, um, you know, I'll attend the session, but before the evening dinner, the networking, what have you, I usually have to escape for a couple hours. If my room is right there, I'll go to my room. Otherwise, what I'll do is I'll go somewhere where I'm unlikely to run into anybody and take a walk, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because I need to recharge my energy and because I have so many ideas going on in my brain, I have to give my brain full space for that chatter that is constantly going on in an, in an introvert's mind. And well said. I mean, I think that's what we all kind of share as entrepreneurs and as as virtual assistants. I'm finding I'm doing an informal poll. I want to know how many people that I interact with, because as you know, I train and coach VAs, and I've got that great Facebook group. And I've been kind of asking, are you an introvert? And a lot of them are. This Being an introvert serves people like us very, very well because, like you said, our brains just don't shut down. Right. I don't know about you, Adam, but sleep is something I'll do and I'm dead. It is not something <laughs> I've ever been good at. I don't require a lot of sleep. For instance, I was, I was telling you in the green room, um, Saturday night I woke up at 3.18, and I mean I propelled out of that bed. Wow. I had a product launch, but it was you know pretty well in the bag. But I had all of these ideas, and I'm telling you, at 3.18, I mean, I was posting on Facebook by 8 o'clock. I had started this product launch, the the rework of it. I had planted some mums. I had chatted with the neighbor's dog at 6 o'clock in the morning. I didn't. The neighbor said, I didn't know anybody lived here because <laughs> he'd never actually seen me. <laughs> the house is beautifully cared for, but I drive in the garage. I drive out of the garage. I don't go out there. Uh, and by 8 o'clock, I had accomplished an incredible amount of work. And from there, because I was so pumped up about the work that I was doing and all this this brain stuff that was going on, I just kept on going and going and going. I finally fell into bed last night about 10 o'clock and slept like somebody sandbagged me, which is why <laughs> I sound a little bit raspy today. But, you know, introverts do have one common thing, and that is that our brains don't stop. That's we are true. thinking, 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 thinking. And if we get around a lot of... People who, it, it can be very draining for us. And what I started to, I was interrupting you a little bit ago, but what I have found is that I've got about 59 and three-quarters minutes, and then I've got to go. I have to either get in my car and drive away or go to my room or do something. I just, it wears me out. Right. And that's not to say I don't like people. I do. And I gain a lot of information from people, and I, you know, I regenerate from people. But in short bursts, I can't do all day. A family reunion, I'd rather fake my own death. I'm sorry, not (laughs) done. Ain't going to happen, hon. (laughs) Yeah, when it it comes to events like that, uh, I will do things like I'll make an appearance, I'll be as social as I need to be, so to speak, because I'm not an antisocial person. I do Mm want to see people, and I like catching up with folks. but, uh, But I will always have 
another thing I have to do otherwise, afterwards. Mm-hmm. It, it means I can only stay there for so long. Like, I have some people in, in my family that, uh, you know, when it comes to the family reunion type stuff, it ultimately uh, turns into a drinking fest. And the moment I see them bringing out the spiked the spiked watermelon, <laughs> it's right around the time that I have to get onto that poker game or that uh, networking uh-huh. event or whatever I had scheduled for that night, where the reality, and uh, I, I know members of my family listen to this, and I think they'll know exactly where I'm coming from. Usually that appointment is uh, me at home with my cats and a good book. <laughs> this is why we get along so well. Yes. <laughs> it really is. But, but yeah, and, but what I'm finding in, in my particular industry, web development, which is you know pretty much a – it takes a lot of solitude to build these things yes. and creativity – and virtual assistants, so do not be surprised if you find, and this happened to me a lot. I'm going to have to back up and interrupt myself. When I first started out, people said, oh, well, I'd love to meet you. Why? It's not going to impact the work I do. Unfortunately, right. I don't work with anybody locally. Uh, my clients are all over the country in Canada and, and actually internationally. Yeah, so I'm not forced to meet them. But I'll tell you what. Over the course of time, I have created some very, very strong relationships with my clients, and I've never met a one of them, not one. It hasn't been necessary. So that is the beauty of what we do, it, because we're left alone to think and grow and grow rich. I'm thinking Wallace, what is it, Wallace Waddles or Napoleon Hill, I can't remember yeah, which. Yeah, you're, you're thinking Napoleon Hill. Right, right. But because we are so much in our own mind, we're always thinking, we're always growing, we're always taking our skills and pushing them past that boundary. I can't even begin to tell you what I learned over the weekend mm-hmm. with this product launch. I mean, I went in and did some things in this website that I had not done before. And I'm a WordPress expert. And I want you to know at 9 o'clock last night, I was doing the happy dance. Like, woohoo! I was so yes. proud of myself. Yeah. Because, I mean, I stretched and stretched and stretched, but, man, it was worth it. And well, can I bill those hours? Nope. But you know what? I will take that and grow in another direction with it. So I was delighted to do it. Okay, I've got two pieces of good news for you here, Denise. First of all, we're a third of, way, third of the way through the interview, so you're going to be catching up on sleep before you know it. That's the first piece. The second piece is what you've just said is a perfect setup for what we're going to talk about today because aside from picking the right VA and understanding what a VA is and what an online business manager is, what I want to get into a little bit is how to – there's two things I want to cover, and I'm going to get your feedback on this in just a moment. First of all, should you be working with just one? Should you be looking for a one-stop shop? And second, should you be their only client? These are questions I'm just going to put these out there, and I'm going to set them off to the side. We're going to come back to them, but there's a few things we need to do foundationally first. Uh, Now, just tell us very quickly, and I know you covered this in greater detail when you were here before, the virtual assistance industry continues to be a rapid growth industry. How did you get Mm -hmm. into it? Oh, actually, it just kind of was made for me, to be honest with you. By trade, I'm I'm a web developer. Right. And I, you know, I went back to school. I got a computer science degree, and then I went, mm, that means I have to work in other people's offices working on their <laughs> stuff. I don't want to do that. Right. So I instantly switched over to web development, which I'm passionate about, and I love it. But back in the day, and you and I have talked about this, so I won't belabor the point, but back in the day, we didn't have what we have now in terms of GUI, graphical user interface. We had the Internet, barely, Uh but we could build a website that had a colored background if we knew how to pick those colors and get them into the HTML. 
Right. And we could pick our font colors, and that was pretty much about it. We couldn't really add pictures. We couldn't do the amazing things that we can do now. But I didn't care. I knew I was going to be a web developer. And over time, as you know, these things came into play, I started, really I did several, many websites for free. Many. I mean, probably eight or nine websites that I just went around my community and I cold called, which is painful for somebody like me. Uh-huh. And I just said, yes. And I just said, listen, I will build you this website and I'm not going to charge you for it. And I picked businesses that had a big presence in town. And the first thing they would say was, oh, I don't have any money for it. You don't have to have money. You need to buy your domain name. You need to get your hosting and I will take care of the rest. I'm, and I was clear. I'm building my portfolio and I need your help to do that. Oh, well, in that case. So I would build these websites and I made them a promise when I'm standing there in their place of business. Look, I will never, ever, ever walk off, excuse me, hand you the keys to your website and say, thank you for your payment. If they made a payment, good luck and God bless. Here you go. I mean, I, I made that very clear in the very beginning. I was there for the duration. And over time, you know, of course, I built up my portfolio, and then I've got word-of-mouth referrals. But over time, as I was watching my industry grow, the web development industry, and then I started looking, and I was already doing a lot of kind of side things for, for I perceived them as my clients, even though no money had really exchanged hands. But I was say, oh, my gosh, did you know that Overstock.com is now on Twitter? What in the heck is Twitter? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And I would start watching all of that. And I would get on the phone and I would call my clients and say, did you know? And they go, really? And they would get all excited. And, of course, I would implement that and learn as I went. Sometimes I got paid, sometimes I didn't. But I was building. I was building not only my own business, but I was building some long-term relationships with people. So that's kind of how that happens. So about, oh, seven, eight years ago now, I couldn't even tell you when. All of a sudden, because I live on the Internet, I'm convinced that God made it for me, and I just share right. it with the rest of y'all. But I was on the Internet where I live, and I, I kept seeing this term virtual assistance. Well, of course, I needed to know what that was. And I looked around at what people were calling virtual assistants and sniffed and turned my nose up and went, y'all doing it wrong. And I proceeded to do it right. Uh-huh. So that's that's the genesis of how I became a virtual assistant industry expert and an online business right. manager. It's just it was an added on service for my existing website clients who have been with me some of them for ten, twelve years now. Okay, uh, this kind of leads to our next question. Uh, before we get to the next question, uh, I want to pull something else out of the air. Now you know that those who listen to Business Creators Radio Show, I ask this of our guests every single time, and I've even asked you this question before, but I think one of the biggest challenges that people have when it comes to working with virtual assistants are the issues of time and money. Let's look at this from the mm-hmm. client's perspective for a, for a moment. And many of our guests say that you know they have everything they need to implement anything any one of our guest experts shares with us except for the matters of time and money. So how do time and money play into hiring and working with a virtual assistant? Okay, here's the quick test. If you go to bed every night, you're an entrepreneur, whether your business is a brick and mortar or whether it's online or whether it's a combination of the two, and you go to bed every night with this sense of low-level dread because you didn't get anywhere near done what you needed to get done that day and it's going to go on tomorrow's list, it's a snowball effect and you just 
feel bad, you're tired, you're exhausted, you know that you're not effective in your own business, it's time. Okay. I think that's a very I think that's a very great answer because you know they, people may be thinking they're saving money, but what they're doing is spending time. Um, well, I they're, have, they're not saving money at all. Yeah, I have I have two uh, different companies that I work with for my virtual assistants, and uh, they handle different areas of it. I chose to work mm-hmm. with two different companies because I like the idea of having some redundancy and having some potential redundancy because it's just my personal view that if you're only working with one person and or one company and something happens, maybe they decide they don't want to be in that business anymore, maybe they get bought out. And this is something I've seen happen before. Mm-hmm. I've seen people lose their virtual assistants because one of their bigger clients came to them and said, um, I w- I'm willing to buy out all of your other client accounts and have you work just for me. And it was right. enough money, they went and fired all their clients. Now, I think that was great for some people, and I think for the people who suddenly lost their virtual assistant, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty bad. So this is one of the questions I kind of left out there that I'd like to bring in now uh, before we get into the uh, different levels of virtual assistants. Let's just answer this. Uh, what is your thought about the one-stop shop for virtual assistants? You hire us, we do everything. Well, I am one, but the other side of that is there's no such thing. Okay. You know, and I can't explain that. I really can. I'm not insane. When I say I am one, that means that I have built over time a very strong team of other virtual professionals, other web developers, content writers, people who can work in Infusionsoft, graphic artists, It is rare that I will ask somebody on my team to do something that I can't personally do um, because I need to know. I need to know how to direct my team. I need to know what they're working in. I cannot just sit back and go, oh, you did that? Oh, cool, and not be able to go in and actually test it because I don't know anything. Let's let's call it Infusionsoft. Um, I hate working in Photoshop. I can do it, but I choose not to, so I have a tremendous graphics artist person, two of them, in fact, so in that sense, I am a one-stop shop, meaning that I can produce your website, I can help you with your blog, I can do product launches. I cannot help you write your book, but I have people that I can refer you to. Right. So I'm a business, and I know what businesses need when they come to me, and they don't need me to go, oh, yeah, we can do all of that. It's not going to happen. I can do an awful lot of what you need me and my team, but if there are things that I know good and well we can't do, I'm not going to promise you the moon. And I think that's where a lot of VA virtual assistants who are single virtual assistants or part of a team, I think that's where they make their mistake. I like what you said about having redundancy. I think it's important because the most important thing in your life is your business and you must take care of it. So depending on one person or one team is kind of not smart. Even though I have this tremendous team, you still need to have your backups because you don't know. I mean, something could happen to me tomorrow. You just don't know. That's exact. That's exactly true. And uh, and I've been ripped for saying this in mastermind groups. No, no, people, no. You are absolutely spot yeah, on. Yeah. When I when I've said that, when I've even encouraged my own clients to have redundancy in the stuff that my website conversion consulting business does for them. I've even encouraged them to have redundancy in certain certain things. Back when I used to own a web development firm back before the year 2010, and I would encourage That's my when clients. That's you and I knew each with, other back yeah, in the day. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. to work with someone else too. And folks in my mastermind said, 
why are you delivering your clients into the hands of the enemy? And shouldn't you be they adding the enemy. value? I said, I said, no, I said, number one, I don't view co- competitors as my enemy. I view no. them. I view, the, I view them as my upcoming joint venture partners. Number one. Right. Number two. Number two. I am taking the best interest of my clients to heart. And isn't that what it's really all about? Isn't that what really being a business creator is all about, is helping others win at the game of business and marketing in addition to yourself? uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I I believe in this one mastermind. I use the phrase load balancing. uh, And I was using the example, you should have two web developers and you should be both, you should be giving them both things to do so that you're spreading out the work and you have a couple different organizations that are familiar with your style that have the back and forth that can only come with experience working with you so that either one can jump in at any given time. Now, what I'd like to go what I'd like to deal with next here is the phrase virtual assistant. Uh, to me, is one of the most bastardized phrases out there. It's almost oh, God, bastard- I know. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> as bastardized as the words coaching and mastermind, which it's are just horrible. So blown out <laughs> there. So what I'd like to have you do, because you are so immersed in this, is tell us about the different levels of virtual assistants as you see them to help us get a framework on this. Um, I'm happy to. The, look, it is a, an explosive growth industry. It has been for a long time. That's the good news. The bad news is that a lot of people – are hanging up their shingle one way or another on LinkedIn or Twitter, social media somehow or another. And they're saying, I'm a virtual assistant, and I can do this and I can do that, and they don't have a clue. They don't understand. It's a difficult job. It it is difficult to do what we do. It requires a a really high level. let Let me back up. It requires several high levels. High integrity level is so, so important. Uh-huh. But you also must educate and self-educate every day. And I'm going to repeat that every day. I don't mean take a course and say, okay, I'm an Infusionsoft expert right now because things change every day. This is the Internet. We're working on the Internet. Tools and systems change. Social media marketing changes. You've got to be aware of it. If you are an, a, a virtual assistant or an OBM, an online business manager, and you are not spending multiple hours a day educating yourself, good luck to you. That's all I can say. Good luck to you. Right. You are going to eventually fail, and it will be your own fault. Right. And I and I think there is something to that. And remember, one of the things I left up in the air was the thing about uh, about the idea of having a one-stop shop. The other thing I want to pull out and bring back down at this point is this concept of tunnel vision and how it can impact the business from the client's perspective and from the virtual assistant's perspective. So from my thinking, and I want to get your thoughts on this, tell me if I'm right, tell me if I'm wrong, tell me if I'm halfway there, tell me if I'm on drugs, whatever. Well, uh, you know me. I don't have any filters. That's cool. That's why I like you. That's why we keep bringing you back. Uh, Why I... In my vision, if you're the client and you're working with just one virtual assistance company, you effectively become a prisoner of their tunnel vision because you're going to be having your business at some point effectively run through what they believe to be the right way to do things because they've run their own tests, they've had their own experiences, things have worked for them that have not worked for others, and things have not worked for them that have worked for others. And in some way, you become a prisoner of that and you start to lose a lot of the fresh ideas from the virtual assistant industries professionals view i would say that if you have just one client 
the same tunnel vision eventually kicks in where you only see the world through the successes and vision, you know, the successes and failures mm-hmm. of that one client. And uh, I don't really need to spend time on this, on this interview about what happens if your one and only client pulls out. We all know full well what happens there. But think about right. what that does for your business growth. I mean, let's say that you decide to go exclusive with somebody for one year, and then after that one year, they're going to revert back to being a 20-hour a week or a, or a $2,000 a month retainer client or what have you, and you start bringing other clients back in again. For that year, you've effectively lost your business edge because you've only been seeing it through the lens of one client experience. These are my thoughts. Right. Tell me yours. No, you're absolutely right, and there's a couple of things that came to mind. If you have only one client, what you've got, honey, is a job. You're no longer a small business owner. You have a job. You might as well be in their office opening and closing those filing door cabinets. It's a job. I wouldn't do it. I have never had one client. All my career, I've had multiple clients. Um, The other thing is, and I kind of lost track of my thought right there because it's so important to say that. It's just a job. You don't want to be sucked into that. But the other thing is you start, and you're right, you start to, to view the world from a place of a vacuum, literally. You're isolated. You're not working with other clients who have other ideas. Look, I'll be on the phone with one client one day, and they'll say something or we'll come up with a project. I'm like, oh, I can do that with two other clients. What a great idea. Yes. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, with my, with it's, my it's kind of a think tank. Like that. And, right, yeah, it's a think tank. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, I'll have three projects lined up, and they both end up getting done basically the same way because right. they, they all end up cross-pollinating each other because they're That's all exactly going on right. at the same time, and they right. all become superior products as a result. And the other thing that I finally caught my little tail end of a thought there was that if you only have just the one client – and you're really not doing anything for anybody else, you you are neglecting one of the most important parts of your business, and that's your marketing funnel. Right. So all of a sudden, when if something happens with a client, they either go out of business or something catastrophic occurs, or they decide they just don't want to do business with you any longer for whatever reason, you're scrambling because you have no social proof, you have no backup, you have no ends in the industry. You can't even come to somebody like me and say, hey, Denise, I've worked with this one client forever and ever, amen, and they paid me $4,000 a month, and I need to replace that income. And you want me to do what now? Yeah. I mean, seriously. So you have got, as an entrepreneur, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's virtual assistance, whether it's web development, whether it's insurance sales, whether you're a speaker, an author, whatever it is that you're doing, you have got to market. You have to be a resource. You have to be aware of what's going on out there, what the trends are, you know, who's working with who. You need to be able to – look, you have to be a people connector. Right. One of my biggest strengths is I can pick up my handy-dandy invisible Rolodex because they don't exist anymore, but it's spinning in my head, and I can connect people all over the world. Yes, yes. Uh, that I will, I will vouch for that because I've seen it in action. Now – we're going to talk about, like, you know, the online systems, because I know that some folks who are listening to this are saying, hey, what kind of project management software should I use? That's a big one that I see discussed all yeah. the time. But I want, to t- I want to take this, and I want to give our listeners who are thinking about working with a virtual assistant or an online business manager or who are a virtual assistant online business manager and don't feel that they're being properly appreciated or given the chance to succeed – is another way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the entrepreneur wishing to partner with the VA need to bring to the table? 
I'm going to turn the table. They say it should be, well, what does the VA offer to the client? I'm going to say, what does the client need to offer to the VA? Because we don't talk about this enough. We don't. And we'll have to go back to the different types of VAs because we kind of got away from that. So remind me to discuss that. Let's go back there now. Let's go back there now. You want to go back there now? (laughs) Okay. I don't want to lose track of the conversation. Yeah, it's not going to make sense if we don't do it now. So go for it. Okay. Okay, well, here's the thing. As I said earlier, the the VA industry is wide open, and there are a lot of people who should not be in the industry, at least at this moment in time, until they're fully trained, until they fully understand how to run a business. And I want people to understand that if you're a virtual assistant, you are a small business owner. I'm saying that slowly because it is so, so important. You're not sitting there at the end of your keyboard or your telephone waiting to be fed little niblets from your client. You are an entrepreneur. You are a small business owner. You're a consultant. Right. You're a product solver. You're a problem problem ferreted outer. I mean, I when I I know that doesn't make sense, but when a new client comes to me, a potential new client, I won't take them right away. I want to find out what's under the hood, and I they will always say, "Okay, I'm going to log you into this, and this, and then you can take a peek." Because until I fully understand their business model and what they're doing and what they're not doing, I can't help them. Right. And only then do we have the intake conversation. Yes, I think I can help you with this, and this is what I have in mind. We can work together. But I don't take all comers. I just don't. So it's very important for for people on both sides of the keyboard to understand that you're both professionals, and you must be treated as such. So if you have a virtual assistant and you're just barking orders at that person or you're saying you've got to get this out and it needs to be out by Friday, you're doing it wrong. Here's the golden rule. Do not treat somebody who is working with you virtually any less than you would a person that is standing in front of you in your office and who can belt you with a stapler. Just don't do it. Use common sense. Use courtesy. Have a plan. You know, map out the things that you're going to be doing just as you would in any other business venture. It is really a mistake to to assume that you can hire a virtual assistant and expect them to read your mind, and that's the number one gripe I've got. We don't read minds. We need to understand you need to give us the full picture. Where are you going? Where are you right now? What do you need to accomplish? What is your time frame? What tools do you have at your disposal? What tools do you think I need? You know, there's there's a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm not I'm not and, and don't second, neglect those. Right, exactly. Now I'm in the second iteration of my business right now, and uh, and from the very beginning, I've had a role that I have never violated. I've allowed I've allowed a lot of other things uh, back in the day before I knew better to get stomped all over. But this is one where I always held hard and fast. You don't get to say to me if you want me to help you grow your business. You don't get to say to me this phrase. That doesn't concern you. If I ask, mm-hmm. that means it concerns me. I had clients who, if I said their names, you'd be thinking, wow, you fired these people? Uh, <laughs> no, they I sent, wouldn't. They sent a response. I probably fired the same people. Yeah, they, they sent a response to my email, and in about in somewhere in the middle of paragraph two, they wrote, that doesn't concern you. So in my reply, I deleted everything and said, that doesn't concern you. And I said, please uh, see following you send an email for files I'm turning over mm-hmm. to you. Uh, if you tell me it doesn't concern me, we don't work together. Right. And well, they let me just, give you they a, just a, went away. Yeah. Right, right. And and that's it's a difficult thing for people to understand, but let me give you a very recent example. 
this project that I jumped out of bed at 3.18 in the morning, right. we kind of thought it was done. I thought it was kind of a simple update. And the more I delved into it and the more I got emails from the client, I went, holy crud. <laughs> okay, no way. That's not I've really what there. I said. <laughs> but, but anyway, the thing is, just four days prior to all of this, I was getting instructions from him, and this is one of the, he's been a legacy client of mine for a long time. I've worked with him for a long time, and for the most part, I know how to cope with him. Great guy, love him to death. But this was one of those. Denise, I've got to have this done in five days. Can you do it? My mistake was not going deeper into the project because I had uh-huh. built the original website, I had built the original product, and I didn't ask enough questions. Big mistake on my part. Lesson learned. So all of a sudden I start getting these these emails from him saying, okay, we're going with authorized.net and we need to do this and I need you to take the 60-day you know, guarantee off and we need to have you know, all of the things that, that authorized.net needs to approve you into their program. Right. And about midway through it, I don't know what I was thinking. It was, again, my fault. I went, hold on a second. Why do you need Authorize.net? Are we building another site with another product? This is a ClickBank product. Who is advising you? And I said, I sent him a note and I said, no more emails. Call me now. And he did. And I was able to prevent him from going way down the rabbit path. He stopped the whole Authorize.net, didn't need it. And I just said, listen, from now on, You've worked with me long enough. I need for you to give me the whole picture. The mistake here was that you gave me part of the picture, and my mistake was that I didn't ask for the rest of it. Right. So, you know, we apologized profusely to each other, and then we went about making it work properly. Uh It could have cost him a ton of money to do something he did not need to do. But he was being poorly advised by somebody who does just his infusion software. And to be honest with you, she doesn't know marketing. And I was clear with him about that. I said, look, she may be good at Infusionsoft. Right. You get your marketing advice from me from now on, okay? And he said, okay. <laughs> that was the All right. That. Okay. So this, <laughs> so. Is a, this is a big one that entrepreneurs need to bring to the partner, to bring to the table, uh, which is it's very important to make sure that you are transparent. And We need the whole picture. The more we picture do. you give – the better result you're going to get. And if you want a virtual assistant that can read your mind, you have to show them your mind and make them consume your mind. Challenge them on how you think. Teach them how you think. So they get to the point where they say, oh, yeah, well, I know exactly what the client wants here. And also, uh, if they screw it up once in a while, say, well, next time, here's how I would do it. Mm -hmm. And and that's all you have to do. Now, uh, well, and now that's just are, it, but I didn't have the full picture, and because right. of that, I mean, fortunately for him, I was able to kind of pull up in the middle of it and go, where are you going with this? This right. does not compute. I need to know more. And once I had knew more, I went, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's let's back it up, derail this, and, and go on with right. our original r- original things. So, and not everybody has that in a virtual assistant or an OBM. They we're also consultants. We're business people. We're business-minded. Right. We know how to run a business if we're doing our job properly. We know how to run a business. We're not just sitting there being technical for you. We are actually, as my trademark says, your partner in success. Right. 
Precisely. Now, uh, now here's the thing, Denise. We're already three-fourths of the way through this, and we oh, still have sorry. to give our listeners some great things. But what we've been doing here is laying an incredible foundation. I love when these interviews get this conversational. I wish they were all this easy. A lot of them are, but I wish they all were. Uh, could you please identify something for me very important? This is what we've been trying mm. to get at with this different levels of virtual assistants. Right, right. Uh, what we're specifically asking about are the difference between a virtual assistant and an online business manager. Is this, these are two terms you get confused very frequently. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's some levels in between. Let's start with the bottom rung, and right. that would be a concierge VA. A concierge VA, in my, my way of thinking, is somebody who probably came out of an office. They had some Excel skills. They probably had some very good office skills. But they're not techie, not yet. Not to say they can't become, but they're not yet, which means that they can they can do kind of personal things for you. They can handle your your inbox, you know, take calls for you, that type of thing. A Got concierge it. VA is going to be low level, but they're starting. I mean, they can handle email management, booking appointments with clients, uh, answering occasional calls, calendar management, that kind of thing. A general VA, which is more likely where people are going to start with a virtual assistant, let's assume they're going with a single virtual assistant to kind of test the waters. These VAs are unlikely to handle tasks that would be taken care of by other types of virtual staff, such as web developers and OBMs, and we'll get to that. Uh, graphic designer is probably not going mm-hmm. to be a general VA. Video and audio editing is kind of a specialized thing. Content writing, I uh-huh. suggest that people allow other people to write their content. And there are so many reasons, and that's a whole other story, but people do. And we can talk about that on another call if you like. Um, SEO, but a good general VA should have some really decent technical skills, and they should be able to work in systems like newsletter systems, AWeb or Constant Contact, MailChimp. Um, they should be able to create and send out autoresponders. They should be able to publish posts to your blogs, meaning that they should have at least a basic working knowledge of of WordPress at a very minimum. And then you get to a little bit higher up the ladder, which is social media marketing and reputation management. Now, this is probably going to be a very good general VA who has a strong, strong business sense and who understands social media and relationship marketing. It's a very specialized industry. Don't let anybody do it who cannot prove to you that they have the social proof to do it on their own. Right. If you can't throw a stick on the Internet and hit them, don't hire them. Right. It's that simple. I can't tell you how many times I see people pop up, oh, I'm I'm a social media marketing expert. Yeah? I can't find Uh you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had one of those just last week. Uh, the person mm-hmm. proclaimed himself like the number one leading social media marketing, what have you. And I looked, he had, yeah. uh, I looked he had 180 Facebook friends, of which one was mutual to me. <laughs> yeah, you I can don't say anything on the so. Internet. You better be able to back it up. Okay. Right. Right, 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 and 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 just and just another point there is uh, you know uh, you know we're talking about this whole thing about uh, you know how much you know whether or not you should have just one client or whether you should allow one mm-hmm. client to buy you out. And I got into a discussion about this online in one of the discussion groups, and I said, okay, so if you want to buy me out for one year, uh, my price, uh, and again this may change, uh, is seven million dollars. Um, I need I need two million upfront. The rest can be held in escrow and distributed in 11 installments, but I need to see the escrow account before we get started. It's non-refundable, so even if I screw it up, I get to keep the money. And 
and, Sounds uh, this reasonable is, yeah, to this, me. This, yeah, this is a general discussion about uh, whether or not you should uh, whether you should have some people who work just for you. And of course, there's mm-hmm. this one little troll that jumps into the discussion and says, "Well, what on earth do you do that somebody would pay you seven million dollars for it?" And I look <laughs> and I look and I looked him up, and he has. He has 103 Facebook friends, and I couldn't even find him on the other social media profiles. So I just ignored his comment. I think everybody else in the discussion did, too, because his comment was the only one that got no likes and no replies. Well, I think people realized people, he was full of it. Some people don't understand the concept of being sardonic. Right. Yeah, for, for, yeah. Preci- yeah preci- precisely. But the point mm-hmm. is, $7 million is how much I want to lose. I mean, that's the yeah. opportunity cost as I see it. And I'm looking at the cost of my career as an entrepreneur. It's going to set me back about $7 million, I believe, if I take a year off right. from marketing and serving multiple clients. So I'm thinking about $7 right. million comes out of my bank account. You've got to give that to me, and I'll give you a year. That's how I look at it. So, <laughs> so right. I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but, right. but, but here's the thing. Oh, and let's go back, and there's another level that doesn't really fall under the general VA. It falls more into the, the high-end VA, yeah. which when I do virtual assistant work, look, I'm $95 an hour, and I yeah. say it freely. I'm $95 an hour, right. and I'm worth every penny of it. But I can do – I'm a web developer. I can help you launch products. I can consult with you. There's nothing in in my array of tasks that I ask my team to do that I cannot do, nothing, right. not a thing. But I'm very, very rare in my industry, and I understand that. So, but even I wouldn't hire me as a one-stop shop because exactly, you exactly. just don't know. I mean, I just exactly, wouldn't. Exactly. I would. I would hire you because you're a one-stop right. shop. But I wouldn't hire you to be the one-stop shop because no. I, because I because I want that flexibility and I want my head to rest well at night knowing that if one of my one-stop shops decides to go exclusive with somebody or just goes out of the business or mm-hmm. something happens in the relationship, I got another one ready in the wings to stand up and take over. That's exactly right. Look, I do the same thing with my team. I mean, I had to let a team member go the other day, a couple of weeks ago actually, and Bow broke my heart. He's been with me for seven years, but uh-huh. over time. It, his work suffered, he was not delivering, and it was putting me in a pickle because, you know, I make my assurances to my clients based on what my team is telling me. Yeah. And there just came a day where I said, okay, we are done. And I meant right. it. We are done. You've done this to me before. We have the come to Jesus talk about twice a year for the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. You're no longer going to put me in a position where I have to apologize again. But... You know, nature abhors a vacuum. I was in a panic. It's like, oh, jeez, oh, jeez, oh, jeez. Now what do I do? The perfect person walked in <laughs> over the weekend. Over yes. the weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it was just nature abhors a vacuum. So if something is happening in your business with your team or, you know, with your virtual assistant and you've got to let somebody go, cut them loose right away. Rip that Band-Aid off and move on to the next good thing. Agreed. It doesn't do you any good to hang on. So having that redundancy, you know, having somebody else that is out there who has kind of the same skills that can be kind of brought along to where you need them, it's not a bad idea. It's an excellent idea. Exactly, exactly. We're going to have to commit right now that this is going to have to be a two-part interview because we're oh. – We've barely gotten through the half of this. We're going to have to have uh, you come I know. back 
and we're going to have to have you back in a couple weeks. I know we have a couple others uh, scheduled here, but we're going to have to have you back. So, so far what we've covered today is we've looked at, uh, we've looked at why introverts are taking over the Internet and the world and why being a virtual assistant is a great opportunity for an introvert because you get to interact with people all day long without the potentially energy-draining situation of having to deal with them in person. The virtual part is so important. I think that's part of the reason why it's a rapid growth industry. We covered that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still mm -hmm. looking, trying to get to these different levels of virtual assistants as you see them, so we're going to right. try and do a recap on that right now before we before we close up shop here. But, you know, some of the things we looked at are some of the best practices, um, you know, for entrepreneurs. And we also uh, looked at uh, a few things that that the entrepreneur looking to hire the VA needs to bring to the table. That's something that we'll cover when we have you back for part two, of course. Uh, right, but one of the big ones that I want to There's a ton of information there. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to have to cover the last three questions in a couple of weeks when we have you back for part two. Okay. So um, what I want to just make, you know, leave our listeners with before we, you know, give them one more thing to think about, which is the different various levels of virtual assistance. We're going to have you give us a bullet point list is how we're going to do it, is um, I just want you to think about if you want a VA to read your mind, you have to show them your mind. You have to mm -hmm. make sure they consume your mind. Eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Challenge it. <laughs> Question it. Want to know everything about it. Tell them everything about it. Don't ever let them settle for, well, I didn't think I should ask. Don't ever hand them mm -mm. a bullcrap mm -mm. line like that doesn't concern you. If you want them to read your mind, that's what you got to do. And I think you're going to show us a lot of other things that entrepreneurs need to bring to the table. But I think that's good advice for anybody who has somebody working for them or somebody supporting them if you really want them to be effective in their role. They have to know how you yes. think. Now, tell us about they the did. various levels of virtual assistance. Okay, concierge VA is the lowest level. A general yeah. VA, which is what you can probably, as far as I can tell in the industry, be paying somewhere between 30 and $45 an hour for, would be right. a general VA, a general practitioner. If you get to somebody at my level, you're looking at 100, in my case, 95 on a 20-hour-a-month retainer. Right. You're looking at the 100 to $150 mark. We earn it. We're in, yeah. we're out, we're quick, we know what's going on in your business, we ask a lot of questions, we consult with you, we are your business partner. We're not working right. for you, we're working with you, and we're taking as much off of your plate as we can all the, time, all the while while we're looking for gaps in your marketing or gaps in your messaging. I mean, we're really looking out for you. We're, we're watching what you're doing, we're watching what you're not doing, and we're going, hey, Billy Bob, how about this? <laughs> I'm in this out. <laughs> but but the thing is, I mean, your your VA at whatever level needs to partner with you. And this is the big, big thing, Adam. We're not employees. We never will be. We're not right. going to be. We are we're contractors. We can talk about that again. So concierge VA, general VA then you get to social media marketing or re reputation management, who can probably be somebody at my level because I do a lot of this work. But again, I've got the social proof to back me up on it. Right. Handing your social media marketing and your reputation management over to a 15 or 20 or $30 an hour VA is stupid. I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. It's about the dumbest damn thing you can do. Excuse the language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you're going to get to people who kind of specialize within the virtual assistance industry, like right. audio, video editors, people who can, you know, work with you 
on getting your messaging out through YouTube, people who do product launches. There's a lot of subcategories. Then you get to people like me, again, who you know do web development, meaning we take your product from fruition to launch, I mean from beginning to launch. So you really need, as an entrepreneur, as a business person who wants to partner with a VA, you need to be very, very clear in your own mind what you need from that VA. You may not need a $95 an hour VA. You may need a $15 an hour VA to start out with. But if that VA is doing their job and you're doing your job properly by giving them the information and the tools that they need to help you grow your business, you work up to you know more a, a better team, bigger yeah. team. Or your your VA, if she's smart, seriously, if she is doing her job for her business, she'll be growing right along with you, and be prepared to up her rate as she proves herself. She or he proves himself to you. I mean, you both want to succeed, so why not give that VA a chance? Right, or or if he does, of course, because we're starting to see. And again, I don't like to speak Let's about see, anything yeah. relate, relating to age, age, gender, sexual orientation, religion, or anything mm-hmm. like that. But uh, you know, for way too long, the virtual assistance industry has been categorized female dominated, as, a, right. as a female-dominated woman's right. game, and it's so, it makes me so happy to see more men that are standing up mm-hmm. and joining this industry. And I see them in the Your Virtual Assistant group on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Run. I'm seeing more and more of that. And in fact, there's a gentleman in one of my masterminds who does work that's very similar to what we've been discussing here. And I would call him a virtual assistant, and I would call him a business creator. And he's mm-hmm. cleaning up with it all day long. Right. And, and I love what you yeah. said because I am very definitely a business creator. No question yeah. about it. I'm not a technician. I'm right. a creator. Right. Precisely. I, I tend to I tend to be very techy in nature too. And if you mm-hmm. give me a brilliant idea. I'll show you the 25 technical reasons why it will work, why it won't work, and how you may want to consider adjusting the idea to make the technology fit. Because Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. is one thing that I think you can, that virtual assistants can give their clients a lot of, is being able to interpret the client's brilliant idea and translate that into practical action. And what I mean by that is knowing where to make the technology fit the idea and where to make the idea fit the technology, mm-hmm. so that we're not we're not chasing rabbit holes and bright shiny objects. And at the oh, same I've time, got a great story about that. Remind me the next time we talk. Exactly. To to tell you this story because it's one of those things that could have gone sideways so badly. And I went, hang on a second, and I came up with an idea. It's this ClickBank product that we're we're talking about yeah. today. This was two or three years ago, and honestly, what I did with that product had never been done before. Right. But it's been modeled time and time and time again. Because it was just so stinking brilliant. I'm so proud of wow. myself still. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That, that would be a reason if I was a listener to the Business Creators Radio Show that I would come back in a couple weeks. Now, again, I want everybody to come back every week, but just to let you yep. know, we're going to have Denise Griffiths back here um, you know, pretty you know, pretty soon so that uh, we'll be able to get part two of this. And some of the things we're going to be uh, dealing with when we have Denise back, and you know, I'm, I'm so excited about this, I can't wait to have you back already, is we are going to look at some of those technologies because what project management software is a very hot thing. We're going to look at more about what the entrepreneur needs to bring to the table. We're going to look at how to source higher references and we're going to get into a lot of the other nitty gritty. So you can think of part one as sort of the foundational half and then we're going to get into the more practical half when we bring Denise back in, in a couple of weeks here. So we're not going to be able to talk about cats much, unfortunately. Yeah. Aw. I know. All right, and, then. 
Yeah. I don't know if I want to come back then. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Come on. Bring Spike <laughs> with you. <laughs> for, the, for, those, for, those, for those who don't know, uh, one of Denise's uh, several uh, feline friends is named the Viker. He's a the, yeah, the Vicar. Yeah. 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 Or the Vicar. <laughs> yeah. I, I pronounced that wrong. So we're right here at the top of the hour, so unfortunately we do have to uh, break off here. But what I'd like to leave our listeners with is look for Denise to come back in a couple weeks. In the meantime, um, if you go to Gotta Go Virtual Now, G-O-T-T-A-G-O Virtual Now.com. You can also see that link from Denise's profile, businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You can learn more about her and contact her if you're ready to get started right now. So, Denise, uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll have you back soon. It was my honor. Thank you so much, and I'm delighted to come back. Thank you for asking me. You bet, you bet, you bet, and it'll be your honor again, I promise. We're going to have a lot of fun. So, <laughs> Everybody listening, before we cut us off, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Visit us, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, for our previous and upcoming episodes, and subscribe to us on iTunes and learn how our guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.